What you did was so disgusting and very, very unbecoming of you. Yeah, what I did is go out there and have the best match possible with what I had in the ring. Now, if you don't like that, that's tough. Because what I did is start came, I went out and did what I said. I beat Bam Bam Bigelow. I said I was going to go out here and beat Eddie Gilbert, and that's exactly what I did. Right, Chip? But why did you get in the ring, may I ask, please? You know, I can't figure out either. I'm wearing a $1,200 silk custom-made suit. Why did I get in the ring? Because I'm in that frame of mind. You know what? It's a new year. It's a new year for Ted Turner. It's a new year for the National Wrestling Alliance. And that means woo, it's a new year for the champion in this big sport. And for the mastermind that makes it go round and round, we're going to make this the biggest and best year ever for the four horsemen, whether you like it. Okay. <laughs> into this whole thing. But the bottom line is, anybody that's fool enough to walk out here and get in my face and get in Barry Windham's face after what we just did to him is a real man. And I'm going to give you a do, Gilbert. You're man enough to bring somebody out here next week. You got the match. Plan on it. But this time, you and your partner won't walk out of that ring. Bet on it. No holds barred, right? Ladies and gentlemen, there you're here. We'll talk more about that in the program. 
Okay, back with Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert at the top of the program. Still got a smile on your face, I know. Big match coming up against Rick Flair and Barry Windham right here today on TV with your mystery partner. But I think, Eddie, we need to go back and take a look at one of the situations leading to this moment. And I know we take a look at it right now. It's not a pleasant situation for you, but it's one that we do need to take a look at and have it right here on the Superstation. Let's go to it right now. Now Eddie Gilbert is helpless right now at the hands of Flair and Barry Windham. Gilbert had turned the corner. He had turned the corner. Momentum was in his favor. This is totally uncalled for. The champion of the world and the U.S. champion, the horseman of J.J. Dillon, double-teaming Eddie Gilbert, and it is certainly distasteful here. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever for this to occur. Humiliation at the hands of the horseman. I don't know what caused them to do something like that. Obviously, it was the fact that Eddie Gilbert would not go down. J.J. would not be beaten at all. As you see the world champion smiling, giving the okay sign to the U.S. champion. A lot of things we can say about it. Humiliation, I know, embarrassment for you, having the boots put up to you. Buying two men, it's very easy to get a two-on-one, Eddie, as you know. That's right, Tony. You know, for seven long days, I've waited till this moment to embarrass the four horsemen. Well, Ric Flair, you're the man that's come out here and said, to be the man, you must beat the man. And Barry Windham and Ric Flair and J.J. Dillon, I got a man that can beat all three of you with both hands tied behind his back. In just a little bit, Tony. Just a little bit. And stay right where you are. That match coming up right after this timeout. And we are set. Ric Flair, Barry Windham against Eddie Gilbert. And you saw they said Mr. Rex. Well, the partner is not there with him right now, but he has a smile on his face, Jim Ross, and it appeared, and the comment said he, he talked about, he knows that he's here. Gilbert looks very, very self-confident right now as we await the arrival of the mystery partner, Mr. Rex, and we hear the music in the background that will bring to the ring Eddie Gilbert's mystery partner here, fans. Flair and Wyndham are anxiously awaiting the arrival of Eddie Gilbert's partner. And Tony, I don't, I don't believe what we're seeing here. Give that Rick Steamboat. It's the Dragon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will be the partner of Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert in this main event. Rick Flair, Barry Wyndham in disbelief. This is great Muta, and you are listening, listening, listening to the Tom Box Low Box with Phil Leia and the pain in the Aschopion Light in M Radio. Your shows, your entertainment, and your network. This is Rant and Remember, what this network wants, this network gets. I promise you that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Broadcasting live from Shaolin, Staten Island. Freak Show Central. Where's that? New York City. 
the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. It's the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast on Rant EM Radio. Proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Oh yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Episode 471 of the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, kicking it. It is January 2023. Hope everybody had a great holiday season. I uh, spent the tail end of December on staycation, you know, and I was... Had a lot of time to reflect, and I had a lot of time to rest, and I had a lot of time to think about things, and we're going to address a couple of these things today. We got an awesome throwback for you today as well, and I'm very excited about the future of the podcast because I'm uh, I'm full of energy about it, you know? You know, there's been a lot of uh, doubt on what we were going to do with the show because uh, my co-hosts are pretty much non-existent at this point, and... Uh, you know, the chair is still open for them. You know, I've sent out texts and emails and just kind of like giving up on chasing the fact that I'm going to have regular people at the co-host seats. Uh, I want to thank my, my boy, my son, my hammer, joining me for the uh, the last show. That was pretty dope, huh? We had a good time. And I must tell you, so I spent now, it's January and... um. The, 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 it feels like spring outside if you're in the northeast. It's been 55 and 60 degrees. Either it's rain or it's just, like, the you know, like, dreary, you know, which I don't mind. I don't mind the, the weather. I mean, I just, let me rephrase that. Everybody has, like, a wardrobe change. I was having this conversation with Steph the other day because she likes to, like, pack all of her gimmicks for the season. Like, pull out, go in the basement, pull out my winter clothes, go in the basement, pull out my summer clothes. I don't have that. I I'm a shirt and t- I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of dude all year round, but I keep my hoodies and my jackets and my raincoat out yearly, all year round, mainly because of days and weeks like this. It is the beginning of winter and it feels like spring outside. So I've been going. Um, you know, I had a lot of people. Uh, work-related, like, passed away the last year or two. And last year, we lost a couple more folks, and I'm heartbroken about it. So I got to take better care of my health and not just my mental health. And I'm not in the best shape. And I went and 
this week I took the whole physical and I I spent the last two days getting poked and prodded, you know, lab work, urine, um, chest X-ray. I got to go for a colonoscopy in like two weeks. That should be fun. At least I'll get a nap out of it. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I got to, I mean, I'm getting the prostate checked out with the, with the lab work and the gimmicks. And so, again, I got some more downtime. I'm going to start working on some show. I got, I got show material basically for the next couple of months. Pretty excited about that. I got some people making a hot tag on the show coming up. We got some nice, cool co-hosts coming up, uh, guest spots. Really excited about that, and I'm excited because it's almost the Royal Rumble, and I'm going to talk about that. Well, I'm not going to talk about that because it's too early. It's another two, three weeks away, but we got, this week was the, the, the WrestleMania of Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, I'm going to talk about that, and the Noah card. Uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but it, but before that, I just, you know, just to, you know, I don't know where we're going to go in terms of show uh, I, I mean i'll do a lot of them by myself i'm gonna get some co-hosts like i said and i and i and i really had a, a lot of time to reflect on the staycation i was with the wizards uh last monday was it monday before that the monday after christmas i did their christmas show with them and it was fantastic and i was with matt shining was matt that day most of the day we took a ride down to stockholm jersey Went to Tommy Fierro's spot. Got a couple of VHS tapes. More podcast material. Very excited about that as well. My my VCR is getting repaired as we speak. Shout out to uh, our boy Lou Rodriguez's brother, uh, Jason. Good friend of mine. Jason's a jack of all trades. That guy can fix anything. And I didn't even know that he worked in a repair shop for electronics. Um, I had put it in, in the Facebook world. I'm like, hey, anybody, any of my audio video geeks want to, you know, Help me have a fix this fifteen year old VCR that I have, and um, it's a VCR slash DVD recorder. He's like, yeah, I'll take a look at it, and he already it fixed one of the problems already. He uh, let me let me rephrase that. He addressed a main problem already. There's a belt, a timing belt for the, which is why the DVD drive wasn't working or something like that. And uh, he's got the whole thing open. He was showing me pictures, so he's gonna fix that. More material for me. Fantastic. And anyway, getting back to Matt and I, I was with Matt, and I was just telling Matt, you know, I don't want to give up, man. I don't want to do this. I don't want to stop. And Matt's like, so don't, you know, don't stop, you know. And in Matt fashion, he's like, yo, let me, let me, let me reach out to a couple people and put them in the right direction with you, and let's see what we can do, and you know, keep the the, the boat afloat. And that's what we did, man. We made some calls, did some things. Uh, Matt's coming on the show, which is pretty cool. He's gonna do an episode with me. And I'm sure Tony and Kevin will do some stuff with me. You got some stuff. We got we got good we got a good lineup, man. Tony seen double A coming on next month. They're gonna be doing an episode, a WCW episode with me. So we're gonna have a lot, a lot of cool shit going on. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm excited. And then, you know, that was the next to last live broadcast for Rant DM. And then I was on the Rants last live broadcast with Tony C and Surfer and Greg Jones joined us and you know, kind of bittersweet, but you know, again, we're not killing it. We're just killing that particular show. Double A's got some high ideas, and we got ideas, and we're not going to stop. You know, after ma- after the Rumble, it's Mania season, which means Mania coverage, which means roundtables, which means audio and video nonsense. We're going to have a lot of shit to to offer. Just keep it locked to Rant DM Radio. Keep it locked to the Shining Woods Network, and we're going to tell you, we're going to 
going to come out with some great content for you guys because that's what we like to do. That's what we like to do. Um, like I said, it's a new year. I opened up with the new year. Of, uh, I opened up for the clip from 89, which is pretty cool, from w, uh, NWA, WCW, whatever you want to call it. And it was the return of Ricky Steamboat, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, apropos, because it was, like, you know, Rick Flair's like, it's a new year, and this, that, and the third. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it is a new year. And new year always means, you know, I'm not, I, I've told you guys before, I don't make, I don't make, uh, I don't make resolutions. I never keep them. But the health thing, the health scare kind of like, you know, got me like all bent out of shape, losing my friends. My friends are only a couple of years older than me. So it's like for me, uh, I don't want to be in my early to mid 50s in a couple of years and, and, you know, have something happen and not me recognize it. You know what I'm saying? If I can fix something, I want to fix it. You know, Uh, it's hard. You know, I'm not a small person. I've been big my whole life. I was bigger. I was over 500 pounds at one point in my life. I did lose the weight. I put some of it back on. But you put some of it back on, and you're aging. So now you put it back on, you're aging, and it's like, oh, Jesus. Everything hurts. Oh, oh my word. I sound like Saul Rosenberg. Oh, my word. The other day, I'm, I'm walking the steps. Oh, God, it hurts. When I get up, the, the the left knee pops and cracks, and I get the laughs and everything, you know, whether I'm at work or at Steps House or something, or a restaurant. And everybody's, like, laughing at me. Like, that's just, that, that knee is not, not just weight. That's just, that's wear and tear, being on an ambulance for almost 20 years and then playing ice and roller hockey and football and softball. And I was a pretty active guy. I tried to be anyway, uh, but now I'm not. I, you know, I do my walking when I walk to work and, and, you know, back and forth. But, like, I don't exercise normally. I don't eat properly, you know, and I need to address that and take better care of myself. So that's what we're going to try to do, you know. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna. I, I don't want to be like January first in the gym, and then by January 9th, I'm not in the gym anymore. That's just not who I am, you know. The doctor's appointment. Doc, doctor said to me yesterday, she was like, you know, you know. I said, yeah. I said, doc, my work schedule is ridiculous. I said, I gotta get, you know, I gotta try to get to a gym, you know. She said, well, that's no excuse. She's like, you know, I work 12-hour days, and and I, I'm in the gym at 6 a.m. And I said, well, you also have a. $80,000 fucking Cadillac outside and you make triple my salary. So uh, you're in a better, a little better position than I am. <laughs> so, but uh, she's kind of right. You know, there's no excuse. I should be in the gym. I should be doing something uh, in terms of exercise. You know, when I had the weight loss surgery a bunch of years ago, I do. I was in the gym when the company, uh, when my work gave me like a huge discount for a nice classy one. And I once they stopped the discount, I couldn't afford it no more. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to stop that right quick, you know. So I did that, and, you know, I, I, my life changed again. And I'm every 10 years now, we're changing shit. Every seven years, your body changes. I was allergic to certain things as a kid. Now I'm not allergic to them anymore. So your body chemistry changes every seven years, especially for women. And as a healthcare provider, you know, you, you, you're more and, – and, and I hate that, 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 that my – that my doctors all know that. Oh, you should. I, every time I go to my doctor, you should know better. You should know better. You should know better. Yes, I know I should know better. Thank you. <laughs> you should know better. I know I should know better. Thank you. And it's like you can't even argue with them and or or give them a a a, 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 a nice cliche rebuttal. But it's like it's it's the fa- it's facts. So you have to be more mindful and shit. And every and everything you know comes at with a price. And you know is the risk better than reward? Yeah. Well, I wrecked my knee. Yeah, probably. 
Will I do more damage or something? I, I, I'm going to say yeah. I'm probably going to do some shit that I'm going to regret, but I'll probably feel better in the long run. So that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to concentrate on on that. That's what we're going to do. Uh, What else is going on with me? I, I, I tried to do a little bit of uh, redecorating the apartment. I just, you know, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, so it's basically, you know, you walk in, it's my kitchen, and it is one room. The kitchen and my living area is one big fucking room, right? So it's like you have to maneuver all that, and then it's the bedroom. So, you know, I did, when I took Christmas down, I threw some stuff out, and I'm consolidating stuff. I have a closet full of crap, and I'm trying to, like, throw out stuff that I don't want anymore or don't need, and, you know, it's like... My, now I'm recycling clothes, and it's like you know, for me, when you grew up, when you, when you know, when you did, when you grew up with not a lot of things, you you kind of like not that I'm hoarding, but you kind of like want to save everything, and you get to the point where you can't, and you have to get rid of some stuff, you know. So I did that, and uh, I'm not even sad about it, you know. I'm not even sad about it. I'm just uh, like, and then then you know, professionally, this is my 24th year as a paid EMT. I did it before that in high school uh, as a volunteer. Then I stopped a little bit for like a year or two, and then I went right back into it. But I've been doing this. I've been involved in EMS since 1991, so it's over 30 years, right? And I did it as a paid EMT for the last 24 years. So, you know, I don't – it's hard for me to even think about another, another profession, another career – you know, and it's just a, it's just a, everything's more expensive now here, and everything costs more. So it's like I'm trying to like save money, but then something comes up, and I can't save any money. And then all of a sudden, you you you're like, maybe I should get another job. And my friends like, well, go back to school, and I'm and I'm going and I'm looking at like classes to take and everything. And then I'm looking at the salaries of these jobs, and I'm like, I make just as much as somebody with a with a associates or and or a bachelor's, you know. And I'm like. You know, do I have to go to do four or five years of school for a master's for another five grand a year? So it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't have a lot of interest, and the interests I have don't pay me very well. So my hobbies don't pay me very well. They don't pay me at all, to be honest with you. Uh, So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a commitment to my health. I'm going to make a commitment to my hobbies. I have two major hobbies that I want to commit to, my, my tabletop sports, my, my strat and all that. I have a lot of things planned, um, so I'm doing that. And when I'm not doing this, I'm going to be playing strat. And I'm going to be keeping busy and trying to be a little more healthier, be a little more conscious of what's around me and be a little more money conscious and just trying to, trying to be a good fucking human. And I said, you know, Every time I, I tell you guys to, to do this, you know, be be good, be good, don't get arrested, don't get the clap, whatever. I mean, it's kind of silly, but it's kind of not in the same breath. I try to 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 be better than I was yesterday, and I think that's the goal. You know, be better, be a good person. You know, that all comes back to you. You know, and I'm not one of these. I want to believe in. I do believe in karma. You know, but I don't. But everybody's in, into this power of prayer. And which brings me to what happened to that poor kid from the Buffalo Bills on Monday. Um, uh, and, you know, if if you don't know, if you've been under, under a rock, defensive back got hit, blunt trauma to the chest after a play, 
and he went into uh, cardiac arrest from blunt trauma to the chest, which caused um, dysrhythmia, and uh, I forgot the, the Latin term for it, but basically when he gets hit, when you get hit, your body goes into like a cardiac sh- cardiac shock, and it goes into ventricular fibrillation, and then as soon as you saw him get hit, as soon as his arms, he stood up, like he jumped up right away, and then his arms dropped, they, they like flailed, and I knew he was dropping, in slow motion, you could tell he was dropping right away. With that being said, as soon as he drops, he's in cardiac arrest. The first responders are there, right on the field, resuscitated him, got him to the hospital. He's now awake, now after like three or four days. Um, he was on a ventilator, and um, people over the internet were like, oh, power of prayer, power of prayer. Prayer did it. Yeah, prayers are nice, but those first responders, if they weren't there right away, he'd be brain dead. Now, what I mean by that is if the the responders weren't on the field or on the sideline, that's basically on the field anyway, if they weren't on the field and responding and did those first couple of cycles of CPR and got him resuscitated, if they weren't there and the ambulance took a couple of minutes to get there, another ambulance or another first responders from the, in the building and didn't get those first couple of cycles in, you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain when you're on, when you, when you're in a cardiac arrest. With the with CPR, you are you're getting a little more oxygen to the brain, right? Um, which you know, which percentage wise brings your 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 chances of living much greater. Uh, but if the ambulance would have arrived even later, and there was no AC, and there was no um, and no interaction, uh, there would have been a. Uh, that kid would have been brain dead. You know, and I, you know, I got into it on on Facebook yesterday. You know, these guys don't make, they, they start at 15 an hour now here. When I started, it was fucking $7, 750 whatever it is. I was making $8 an hour, $8.50 um, some places. But, and then, I don't know what they make in Ohio. I don't think it's $15 an hour. But first responders are still underpaid. I don't want to use this platform as a as a as a as a pissing political thing because it's not really a philatorial. Uh, but I will tell you that those guys had to get back on the truck after that call and finish their tour. You know, this wasn't a thing where they can do CPR. Okay, we're good. We saved a life. Now we're back. It doesn't work like that. And I think the trauma, the mental trauma, and all that, the PTSD shit, is a is a huge deal. And we're not compensated properly. No disrespect to my to my to my friends' kids who are working in McDonald's or Chick Fil A or Taco Bell, but they're making fifteen dollars an hour, and so are some of my colleagues. Oh, then of course you'll you'll, you'll hear that we'll get a better job, but what if that is your job? What if you're feeding a family of two or a family of four? What if you're starting out? You don't have a family yet. You can't. It's ba- you barely survive, man. I make double that, almost double and a half, double and a half that sometimes depending on what day I work. And I, I'm just getting by. And I don't have a house. I have I pay rent and I have my my rent and my utilities, it's half my trap that goes to fucking life. My other half I have to live on. Food and transportation and maybe I go out once in a while on a date. Once in a while. And then of course there's always a party or, or a or a relative or has a birthday or or 
a holiday coming up and you got to take care of the nieces and the nephews, right? So it's just a constant. And once in a while, I want to go to a wrestling show. I went to a couple wrestling shows. It's pretty pricey, you know? Concerts are a fucking premium now. I want to go to Metallica on my birthday this year now, coming up. They're playing all, they're playing all my birthday in the Meadowlands with a Pantera tribute band. And it basically costs for two people to sit anywhere remotely close to the stage. It's either a mortgage payment or a rent payment. That's how much this shit's going to cost. So entertainment's at a premium. The fuel is still high. Not as high as it was two years ago. I don't want to hear about you. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. It's a lot lower than what it was two years ago. Okay? And, you know, for me to get a car, yeah, I'll get a car. I just can't, I can't afford the upkeep. The insurance will, do, the insurance will destroy me because I haven't had a car insured my name in so many years. I, I had shared a car with, with a spouse, so we shared that, we shared that expense. Um, just to have a used car with insurance is ridiculously high in New York. And then fuel, and then maintenance. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a parking spot where you live, you have to find parking. It's a fucking nightmare. So yeah, I don't have the transportation. I, I use I use public transportation to get to work back and forth every day. You know, the occasional Uber to around the borough to get me going. You know, uh, but again, man, it's hard. These first responders don't have a lot of money, but yet they're saving lives and don't get compensated for it. And you can go with the whole thing with teachers and first responders, and there's a, a, a list, a laundry list of, of, of occupations that do not compensate well. And you would think, you know. So, again, no disrespect to whatever fast food I'm going to have tomorrow while I'm out at another doctor's appointment. <laughs> um, but I'm sorry. Like, I think I should, we should get compensated better than – the the wait the the people who work in these fast food joints or restaurants or not that their job isn't important your job is very important every job that contributes to society is important and I, that's another thing that people argue about well you know what what kind of contribution do you have everything everything that that whether it's the food service industry whether it's um, hospitality whether it's healthcare. Um, Law, any civil service jobs, law enforcement, sanitation, fire, you know, depending on where you live, civil servants. Civil servants start here at 33 and $44,000 a year. That's great if you live in mom's basement. You can't afford a family on that salary. Fire department about six years ago offered me a position to be a dispatcher for the, the people who pull the fire alarms. Great job. But you cap out at what I make, almost what I make now, yearly. That was the contract with the union. So, yeah, we'll start you out at $33,000 an hour. I made $33,000 in 20 years. Are you kidding me? But this is what they do. And then when you, when you'll, you'll get more. And you, you'll, there's overtime built in. I'm like, who wants to work 50 fucking hours, 60 hours a week and make pennies? Who wants to do that anymore? And that's another argument. Well, people, Americans are too lazy. Uh, do what I do for 20 years. Tell me if you're lazy. My body is destroyed, literally. And part of me doesn't care because I, I liked what I did. I loved, actually, matter of fact, I loved what I did. And it made me as humble as I am. It made me the person I am today. And, it, and that reminded me again, well, I'm, uh, again, I was another doctor's appointment today. I went to, I went, and then I got lab work. Then I had to go get an x-ray, like I said. 
I'm in the x-ray machine department of this facility, and uh, it's miserable outside. It's just muggy, and it's uh, there was rain before, and I'm like, and my knee was like just, I could barely walk. I walked almost, I walked a mile and a half today between two places. They were in the same vicinity, the the lab and then the uh, the radiology facility. I walked a mile, and it was like, well, a mile isn't that bad. Yeah, well, when you when I'm double your size and and you got bad knees, yeah, it, is, it sucks. What are you gonna do? But you try, and I think that's the problem too. People are just afraid to try. No one's asking you to finish a race. No one's asking you to to run a marathon. But I, I, me, I have tunnel vision. Sometimes I, I find it really hard to pace myself for anything. I want to get through the task and get it done, and I don't give a shit. That's my problem. And I'm learning that more than a, as, a, as an older adult, as a middle-aged adult, I, I've learned very quickly that that does not work anymore. Got to pace yourself. Got to take care of shit. Even with the podcast, anything that I'm, that I'm approaching you have to do because I I I have a learning curve. I sometimes I can't pick up shit right away. I don't know. Am I half a retard? What am I gonna do? Yeah, I said retard. Blow me up. But am, am I am I half dumb? Maybe. I know I ha- I know I got undiagnosed with some kind of ADHD as a kid. But most of the kids in my era had that. Most of the kids in my block had that. <laughs> you know what are you gonna do? It is what it is. Okay. Let's talk some wrestling. Let's see here. I am so excited about – hold on a second. Here we go. Let me get my list here. I'm lounging on the couch as I'm talking to you kids. So, all right. Let's start off with the with the with, 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 what's going on recently. I saw the Bruno, doc, the Bruno San Martino documentary. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. I mean, I knew Bruno's story prior to this, right? And the film really didn't tell me what I didn't know already. What they did, though, was they reenacted his 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 childhood getting to the states, and they 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 really they reenacted like his family and the hill and the Nazis and the fucking and the dad and like the whole night. And then they interviewed. Then there's clips of his parents talking, which is pretty cool, and his brother and his sister. That was pretty cool. Um. Bruno San Martino, and I've said this on a podcast a gazillion times, I was very honored and privileged as a kid to get the tail end of his career and see him in person. And then I met him at a convention, my first convention I met him, uh, 1990 or 91, I forget what it was. But I saw Bruno in the garden at the tail end of his career. And, of course, Bruno was was my Saturday night commentator for a long time, him and Vince, before Vince and Jesse took, before Jesse took over that spot, right? So, but Bruno to the Northeast was everything. This is before Hogan. This is before Flair. This is before anybody. I mean, I mean those guys were in t- different territories, but, you know. Well, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Yeah, Bruno was a little before Flair and Dusty. Uh, Bruno started in the 60s, so yeah. I think 63 was his first title. Held that belt for seven years. I mean, that's not going to happen anymore, obviously. But sold out the mecca of, of sports entertainment, Madison Square Garden, more times than Frank Sinatra. I think Billy Joel just just beat him recently. 
I got to make sure of that. But, you know, it's just that kind of party with me. I have my admiration and love for Bruno San Martino and his contribution to, to pro wrestling. And the way he handled himself, the way he carried himself, he was admired by millions of people. And more importantly, he's admired by, by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and who, who, who talks about him so fondly. And Bruno was the nicest guy. I was 15. I just shook his hand, and I thanked him. And he treated me like I was one of his kids. You know, he just put his arm around me, talked to me, how are you? He was the first wrestler I met, and I felt comfortable with meeting a celebrity. Him and Sting, Sting was in the same day. And then after that, it, you know, was high school, and then ECW came. And I started meeting more guys and, and, and girls. But I digress. The thing is, the, the my, my point is, get to it, watch it. It's cool. Um, It's probably, I think it's like an hour and a half it was. I bought it, so I, I own it now. Matter of fact, I should download it before I forget to download it. But, yeah, Bruno is, is he he was an enigma to to fans of wrestling in the 60s and 70s. But in the 80s, man, he was a he was a st- he was still a beast. He was kicking Piper's ass in the garden. I saw I saw Piper's pit in the garden with him and it was like he was 50, pushing 55, 56 years old and he still looked like he could go and he did. When Randy Savage attacked Ricky Steamboat with the with the bell and the whole gimmick with that, Bruno stepped away from the the desk, the 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 announcer's desk and uh, the table, I should say, and did tag teams against uh, Adonis and 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 Savage. It was him and Tito. I think it was just him and Tito, him and him and him and Tito and Junkyard Dog. But I think it was just him and Tito when I saw it. But Bruno can work. He was still working. He was pushing sixty. You know. Um, and I, I know Flair's done it. A lot of guys have done it. But when, when you see Bruno doing it in the Northeast, it was like a thing. It was like fans were beside themselves. I never heard of – the only other pops I heard ho- louder in the garden were the Triple H return after he blew his quads out to to Raw in the early 2000s. And then uh, another wrestling pop was uh, – oh, my God. Was it – uh? I want to say WrestleMania 20, but other than that, Rangers playoff game. That's, you can't, and then, but Bruno was the loudest, man. Bruno, people went crazy for him. Even in the 80s. They went crazy, crazy, crazy for him. All right. January 1st, very low-key New Year's Eve for you, for your boy. I was in bed by 1230. Um, but I did get, I woke up early that morning again, and I watched the, um, the Great Mood is final singles match. He's gonna be he wrestled in the six man at Wrestle Kingdom, and he's wrestling on the twenty third with Sting in the Noah match. Uh, but this is this was Muda's last singles match as the Great Muda. Um, hold on a second. Excuse me. Uh, he wrestled Nakamura at a Noah event, and I must tell you, I bought the service. It was like six dollars uh, uh, for the month, whatever. And I never watched a live uh, Noah card. So, uh, and I knew, pro re- I, I watched pro wrestling Noah events because of, um, you know, because of Kobashi and, and other guys and, you know, a bunch of other wrestlers. Kenta, obviously, he was my favorite 
in, in Noah. That's how I met. That's how I met. I didn't meet him. That's how I found uh, Kenta. Um, he was in Noah before he went to Ring of Honor. And Noah's a great. F- uh, Noah is like people ask me to compare it. It's like comparing. Uh, it's a classier. Nah, AEW. It's a classier Ring of Honor. Um, so it was good, and the match was solid. And uh, he put Nakamura over Muda, and it ended with a miss spot, uh, a, a green mist, red mist. But it was just uh, Muda's pushing sixty. You know, obviously he's not the same uh, performer he was ten, twenty years ago. But just to see him in person, when I got to see him at Wrestle Kingdom a couple of years ago, not Wrestle Kingdom, the G One at the Garden. But just to see him wrestle, uh, you know, just to see him, he, he's another guy that I, I just adore. And uh, I'm glad I got to watch. I'm glad I'm watching this. Uh, and my son and I were talking about it the other day. It was like, you know, he said something at the press conference. He said he made – it It sounded like he made an anti, uh, anti-gay anti reference to Nakamura. I don't know what he said. I'm not going to play it, but I, it, it sounded like he said something like to the to the lines of that. And Michael was texting me, Hammond. He's like, "Did you see what you hear what he said?" And I just I didn't I didn't, I didn't have a I didn't have a um I didn't have an answer for him. But in a couple of uh, social media threads, I was like, people like I don't know if he meant it like that or if he said something in Japanese that sounded like he said that. I have no idea. I have to look into that. But it was really good. It was really really good. Um, and like I said, I've been this week I've been running around doctor's appointments. I usually take off for Wrestle Kingdom. I planned my doctor's appointments and my and my lab stuff around Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. This way I can do I can watch these events, get up get up at the ass crack of dawn, the wee hours in the morning and watch these things and then go to my to my gimmicks, right? So how great was Wrestle Kingdom? Uh spoiler alert, this is this will be out on Friday. So you've had forty-eight hours. Have seen it. If you didn't see, if you didn't see it, turn this uh, podcast off for the next five minutes or fast forward it, and uh, I will not spoil it for you. People were pissed on on social media. Oh, you know, thanks for the spoiler alerts. And I, I, I saw like seventeen different people post that. And I gotta say, like, I was the same way when. That's why I never watched Walking Dead. Because every fucking Sunday you open up Facebook and people were just doing it, spoiling it for you. Then Game of Thrones and then uh, people were uh, Breaking Bad and like every every big show that was on, people were just on Sundays and Mondays like bam done. Like the, I got I got I got I hate to break it to you guys, but then this, I, this is a hard lesson I learned. Like that's how it is. Don't open your Facebook. Okay, I purposely, I know myself, I'll watch, you know, if, I, if I'm not watching Wrestle Kingdom with someone live, I'm falling asleep and I'm waking up and I'm rewinding it. I'm not touching social media. If uh, I'm not going to be home for the Royal Rumble this year, unfortunately, I'll be at a, at a at a family function. So I'll watch I'll watch it when I get home. I might be home just in time for the actual match if the stars align. They probably won't. That's my luck. But I'm not opening my phone at all. I'm ignoring text messages. and Because and, I'll get – people will message me while I'm while it's going on. Hey, did you see that? No. 
or I'll be on the way home from work if I don't watch AEW. Did you see that? No. I mean, now I watch AEW on my phone, but or did you see Raw? No, I didn't see Raw. Oh, did you see so-and-so? And I'm like, no, I didn't see so-and-so. I'm at work. And it, it just, you know, not everybody's on the same on the same wavelength. Not everybody's in the same time zone. How about that? How about our, our friends in the UK? I mean, when it's 8 o'clock at night here, they're five hours ahead. So half these dudes are sleeping. And they wake up and they're like, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to know that this happened on Raw. I want to watch it. They don't open up their social media. So that's my suggestion. Uh, how about the Wizards getting a fucking shout-out? The Shining Wizards getting a shout-out by Kevin Kelly, who's, who Matt interviewed prior to Wrestle Kingdom. They got a shout-out on, on the pod, on, on, on the, uh, on Wrestle Kingdom that live, and I texted Matt. I'm like, please tell me you, you're awake and you heard that, because Matt was telling me, oh, I'm going to be up, I'm going to be up, I'm going to be up. He did. He heard it. I was like, great. And he, and then he played the clip online. I'll let them play it. I'm not going to play it and spoil it for you. I'll let them celebrate that on, on, uh, on Monday, let them play it, and I'll get into these matches real quick, and then we'll take a break. Um, catch 2-2 two, two defeated uh, Leo Rush and Yo, and he retained the uh, the junior tag straps. Uh, Bishaman, which is uh, Yoshihashi, and and uh, Jesus Christ, my, my head is like scrambled eggs. It's a uh, Bishimon, which is chaos, they beat uh, FTR for the for to, for the tag team titles. They won the uh, they won the, uh, the the world tag this year. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. had a really good match with with Ren Narita, and that was the, the finals of the TV title, the new the new the newly uh, appointed TV title. And Zack Saber Jr. joins uh, TMKD, the mighty uh, TMDK. I'm sorry, the mighty don't kneel. Um, Tama Tonga did beat Carl Anderson for the Never Openweight Championship. That was a great match, too. Uh, like I mentioned Muda before. It was Muda, Tanahashi, and Shudo Amino, who impresses, impresses me every time now. He's getting, they beat LIJ. Um, that was a good match. Uh, Takahashi won the, the Junior Heavyweight Championship. He beat Ishimori, Desperado, and Master Wato, uh, in a, in a four-way. That was a good match. Um, Kyrie Sane, go Kyrie now. The IWGP Women's Champion. She beat Tam Nakano, and then of course Sasha Banks made her made her return to wrestling as Mercedes Monet or Mercedes Money. And apparently she's going to be signing with uh, AEW. Allegedly, I read that the other, yesterday. I believe it was. Um, but yeah, man, this is a great card, and then. Match of the night, and the prom and uh, the, the press conference was insane. Will uh Will Osprey defending the U.S. Championship against Kenny Omega, the returning Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's whole gimmick, his attire was Final Fantasy, um, based, and he got permission from SquareSoft and some other people who did the, the costume design. It was fantastic. If you're a video game person, you caught that right away, um, and. It was great seeing Kenny back in New Japan. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a big fan of Don Callis because Kenny doesn't need Kenny. Does, Kenny Omega doesn't need Don Callis, and, and I know he's they're, they're friends in real life. I know he had a hand in his career. I know Don Callis is is, is a, a good talker. He's a good heel. 
He just annoys me. I don't know. I just don't like him. But Kenny Omega does not need him. A, because he's a dual citizen of of Japan and the United States. I'm sorry. Yeah, in Canada. Was he still is he a U.S. resident? I think he is. So he's, he's a resident in three different co- countries. How about that? And he's also fluent in Japanese. So not only did Kenny cut these promos in the press conference, in, he cut it in, Japan, in Japanese and he cut it in English. And what a fantastic and what a fantastic turn of events. Osprey loses his mind um, and, and the press conference gets in his face. Shouts out a bunch of us obscenities. I still love when, when, when the Brits use that word cunt. I love it. I know it's very it's terrible here in the States. You use that word cunt in any uh, derogatory term, especially to a woman, and you are done. That is you, that is one of the worst things you can ever do. But in England, a cunt is just like an idiot here or an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Or putz, or, or uh, you know any 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 uh any any kind of not so bright person, right? Match it tonight. Uh, you know Meltzer can give it. Fucking seventeen stars. I'm giving it a consolation. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know, listen. You're not gonna get any better than that. I've said it last couple. Of, I've said it in the last year that Will Osprey has been the best thing in New Japan. He from coming out of his own, then forming the United Empire, and just doing it and doing it and doing it so well during the pandemic when they weren't when they were. I mean, the roster was depleted with with no guy Jin, right? And even their guys over there getting sick, he held it down, and that was his rebuttal to the to the Kenny Omega, uh, promo, in uh, in in their in their sh- in their press conference, you know. So basically, like a student type of teacher type type of thing, you know, passing the torch type of thing. I'm not gonna. I don't care if you pass torch me. I'm going to take it from you, whatever, whatever. And Omega does win, does win the U.S. title. And uh, it was just a fantastic, fantastic uh, card. Uh, And then the main event was Okada, another great match, defeating Jay White, retaining the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. That belt is fucking horrendous, by the way. Go back to the other stuff, the last version, please. That belt is ridiculous. It, I'm sorry. No disrespect to the designer. No disrespect to any of these who like it. I'm sorry. I don't like it. It doesn't look right. It looks like it looks like it, it looks like a female title. It just doesn't fit the man. I'm sorry. Um, but Okada and Jay White had a fantastic match. They had really good chemistry, by the way. Um, and then of course Shingo after the match. Comes out and challenges Okada, so there's your next cha- there's your next uh, challenge, and then this morning you had New Year's Dash. Um, let's see here. Um, House of Torture defeated um, Ren Narita, Tiger Mask, and Hamna. Uh, Minoru Suzuki makes the save. Uh, then is Taichi, Duki, and Kanemura defeat. Um. Who they defeat? They defeat. They, they defeated Will Osprey and catch two two, and then uh, TMKD, uh, Z- uh, Zach Sabre Jr., Nichols and Haste defeated Chaos, Umino, Taguchi and Makabe, and Yo 
defeated LIJ. Master Wado, who I don't like. I'm sorry. Hikaleo Tamatanga defeated Bullet Club, which was Jay White, Kenta, El Fantasmo, and Ishimori. Um, Jay White, after the after the match, they, him and Bullet Club attacked Hikaleo, and he attacked Hikaleo and challenged him to a Loser Leaves Japan match, which really sucks because I, I know Jay's not leaving Japan. I don't want Hikaleo to leave Japan. He was hurt. Guy comes back. He's he got a good look to him. Uh, Kevin Kelly even mentioned a few times in the match he's a, he, he's a future champion. I hate these loser leaves Japan shits because I don't I don't know how, how is if if Gato's still the booker how how are they gonna book that man? You can't have him leave. He just fucking got back. Ridiculous man, just ridiculous. Um. Uh, and this was uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. KOPW four way Shingo defeats Show Great Okan and Toriano. Please stop putting fucking Toriano in these title matches. Keep him in in the in the curtain jerk, please. I no, I know I I understand the contributions he made. I know how popular he still is to most. He got zero zero response in that in that arena, and I'll and I'll confirm it with Robin Lee when they get back because they were they were there. They've been there the whole week uh, at these events, so I didn't hear anything. Like, he's fucking useless, okay? He's like Santino. He's comic relief. Like, just stop. Stop getting him in these, in these matches. It's annoying my life, okay? <laughs> Not really annoying my life. He's annoying. I'm just being silly. But he's annoying nonetheless. And now, with New Year's Dash, for those who don't know, New Year's Dash, is it's the, it's the event after Wrestle Kingdom, usually. And it's random. The fans do not know the matches. They do not know. The announcers don't know. No one knows except for the, the officials and the and the performers. So all these matches are random. And being random, your main event, Omega, Kenny Omega, he, teaming up with his arch, one of his arch nemesis, uh, Okada. And they fought Jeff Cobb and uh, Aaron Hanare. And uh, <laughs> crazy. They they beat Jeff Cobb and Aaron Hanare. I just watched that a little while ago, and then of course Shingo comes back out with challenges Okada again, and Jeff Cobb apparently is probably going to face Kenny Omega for the U.S. title. So there is your current. That's what I've been watching. I've been also been watching a lot of All Japan from the nineties, uh, ninety seven, ninety eight. I'm watching right now. Fantastic shit. I got some stuff from IVP. Been watching that. Uh, broke out my old Japan Blu-rays. I got a couple of those. I got the World Title History. I got Bam Bam Bigelow. I got the Steiners. I got Doc and Gordy. I got a whole bunch of stuff that I just have packed away. I haven't even watched yet. Sitting right in front of me. But I have all this time. I'm going to do it. So this is what I'm doing. Um, a couple of takeaways, though. Like, the crowds. Man, I'm glad New Japan is back. And I'm glad Noah's doing that thing. Old Japan. I, and I, that's another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I'm going to have... I'm going to force myself to watch more Japanese wrestling. I'm going to watch more All Japan, watch more Noah, watch more DDT. Maybe I'll jump in with one of these Joshi uh, cards. I'm not really big into women's wrestling. You guys all know that. But just for shits and giggles, I will dedicate a couple couple minutes to it for the craft, for you guys, for myself, and just to have some more conversation piece because it's pro wrestling, and pro wrestling is, is amazing. And I know it's oversaturated, the market. I know it's... Uh, not everybody is digging it. I know it's not a big thing in the states with the, with the ratings. I don't care, but in the same breath, it's still professional wrestling. It's still it's still 
the greatest form of entertainment on television and in my house. And it should be yours and yours too. <laughs> so that's what I'm that's what I've been watching. Uh what's let's check the time here. Let's what do we got going on here? Holy shit, I spoke almost an hour. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, let's let's uh, plug our friends, and when we come back, we have an awesome throwback for you. We are for the eleventh year now, Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Lord Alfred Hayes, take us to the break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you tired of being uninformed? Together, we can change all of that. Experience a podcast like you've never heard before. You'll gain knowledge. Have some laughs, because we believe this is the last AEW podcast you'll ever need. Join us every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. on RantEMRadio.com and Facebook Live. We can also be found on all major podcast forums as part of the Shining Wizards Network. So stop listening to inferior AEW podcasts and bring a new podcast into your life by joining us. Join the Mark Order Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at MarkOrderPod and on Facebook.com slash MarkOrderPod. Don't forget to tag us on social media and use hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your hosts of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. This is Cowboy Bob Orton and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Throwbacks.
Episode two, what is it, 471, I said? 471, I think it is, yeah. Turnbuckle Throwbacks, as always, part of the Shining Wizards Network, part of Rant Entertainment Media. Once in a while, we'll be live. We're not going to kill, not totally, no, we're not going to disregard the live feed. Um, uh, but it's not going to be as live as it was. So, anyway, before I get into tonight's throwback, I want to just, I forgot to mention a couple things before, but I want to give kudos to Triple H, and I'm going to tell you why. Two major things happened the last couple of days with Nakamura working the Muda show at NOAA and Carl Anderson working uh, the Wrestle Kingdom for the Never Openweight title. Now, again, not only did he let Carl Anderson work, Worked the, the, the twice for the angle. Went there. He won. He won. He won a title defense. He, he defended the title against the Tamatanga, and then he got the rematch, and he lost in Wrestle Kingdom. But I got to tell you, like, this is a big deal. And I know to some people it's not a big deal. Um, but I got to tell you, I, I I must tell you, um, these things are happening. The Forbidden Door thing happened last year. This is good for wrestling. This is good for the fans. And the fans are hip now. They're smart. There's no more kayfabe. You're not insulting anybody's intelligence. Like, I get it. But Vince would never let this happen. I'm sorry. I don't know. You can debate me all you want. Um, People will. I don't give a shit. But I think it was major, major, a major thing to happen. To have these two guys work these two WWE guys right now, even though Nakamura is a staple in Japan, King of Strong Style, he's a legend there. You know, Carl Anderson made his bones in Japan. If when you know when you when you come down right to it, you know he worked himself up, almost won the G one a bunch of years ago, multiple time tag team champion. You know, like these things 
are important. And uh, wrestling fans should acknowledge that. Let me just put that out there. All right, let's get into uh, our throwback of the week. Shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we? And now, here is your throwback of the week, sponsored by the Shining Wizards Network and Rant EM Radio. So if you heard the beginning of the of the of the second half of the show, then you saw that I opened up with a Saturday Night's Main Event intro. And we're doing Saturday Night's Main Event. Episode number four, second season, from January fourth, nineteen eighty six. Hold on. And it was rec- it was recorded on September uh, December nineteenth of eighty five from the Sun Dome in Tampa, Florida. Good old Tampa, love Tampa. A um, couple things here. We're 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 right on the the cusp of WrestleMania 2 at this point, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. We have five matches in total, and some of them have some significance, some of them don't. And we'll get right into that. And one of them is near and dear to me because I was at the feud. I was f- actively going to this feud every almost every month for the, for the last half of that year at the Garden. So I'm, I'm excited when I saw it. That's one of the reasons why I did that. And another reason why is because it's, it's, a, it's a new year. It's Piper. Jesse Ventura wrestles on this, and more importantly, if I if I could be wrong, but I I don't think I am. This is Bobby the Brain Heenan's debut as a commentator on a big show like this. So let's take it right right to uh, Vince McMahon, and uh, we'll get that uh, intro in a second. Here we go. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Come on in here, Bobby. 
And there you go. Let's take you down to Mean Gene, who's got Piper and Orton. Piper, Ace, Cowboy, Bob Orton, along with your partner going up against Uncle Elmer. Of course, one of the cousins in Hillbilly Jail. Oh, Rafiti. What am I supposed to say, right? Oh, it's you're a talking, vendetta. You're talking, a vendetta? Speak English. You're talking, about, you're talking about people. Their idea of a good time is eating the feet of pigs. Then they go around and they play each other the dance. So the opening contest, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, and Jesse the Body Ventura taking on Hillbilly Jim, Uncle Elmer, and Cousin Luke. Yeah. I, if, what I know now about Uncle Elmer, I'm glad that they um, that they didn't win this match. <laughs> um, again, this, this is pretty cool because, you know, this goes back to Piper breaking up the wedding the year before of Uncle Uncle Elmer and his wife, um, and well anyway, you'll hear it. Let's hear. Let's hear from the hillbillies. Box, hillbilly team, Mean Gene, we're professional athletes. We're gonna behave like professional athletes. No matter what them three polecats do up there, our family honor's on the line right here. We're gonna do what we got to do in this match, no matter what. All right, this will be Cousin Luke, Uncle Elmer, Hillbilly Jim going against Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Company. Back to you, Vince McMahon. Yeah, good times. This match went eight minutes even. I'm going to fast forward to the end. You can hear the end of this because um, it was good. Pretty solid, actually. All these, all these matches were fun. This is a great part of my childhood, man. This is a right, and right in the thickest shit, too, man. Let's see here. Let's go fast forward to this a little bit here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. All right, here we go. And there you go. They get the lesser of the of the, of the hillbillies. Ace hits uh, Cousin Luke with his injured arm, the cast on the forearm. Piper puts the sleeper on. Cousin Luke is out anyway. He's sleeping. 
And um, there's your opening card. Yeah, opening match this card. Hillbilly Jim is irate. Let's go back to Vince McMahon real quick. Well, I just hope I did my job in commentating as good as Jesse did in the ring. Congratulations. Jesse. Thank you, Bobby Heaton. It was my pleasure. I thought I was just outstanding in the ring. And I know, Bobby, that you were no less than perfect right here on the microphone. Well, is there any future for you two, maybe in a tag team combination or something like that? Well, I'll tell you what you better watch out for, McMahon. I'm sure Bobby Heaton did so good. You better watch out. You might end up in the unemployment line. I'd love to see you, McMahon, humble you down about six months in unemployment. Ha! All right, that's going to mean Gene Oprah now for more fun in the sun. <laughs> champion Hulk Hogan, all the national press will be taking my picture, and I want a great fan for the cover of Sports Illustrated. Well, I don't know if Sports Illustrated's here, Terry. They better be. They put that overrated blonde blowhard Hogan on the cover. They better put me on it when I'm through, or I'll fry them, both of them. I'll fry them with my iron. That's a promise. Do you understand, Ventura? Yes. Well, Sports Illustrated, you've been warned. And if you don't believe me, take a look at this report from Gorilla Monsoon. Thank you, Jesse. Gorilla Monsoon here with a special update from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. Championship match title on the line. The Hulkster against Terrible Terry Funk got things going pretty good his way right now. Drops the big leg on him. Going for the three count, but look at that. The mouth of the south up on the apron distracts the champion. Look at that branding iron, that ominous piece of garbage dropped into the ring by the mouth of the south. Now Funk's got it, wow, right between the eyes. The champion drops out onto the apron. Terry Funk, a very... So this is a segue to the second match of the night, obviously, the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, defending against Terry Funk. Um, this uh, this is, again, uh, they made, um, Terry Funk made uh, reference of it in his promo to Jesse Ventura. This was the uh, the month, the, the time of year that Hulk Hogan was the first pro wrestler to be 
uh, gracing the cover of Sports Illustrated. And then in a match here in Denver, Colorado, at a house show, they uh, Terry Funk did some damage to Hulk Hogan. So this is Hogan's revenge. And the branding iron's been been uh, been used a lot between, uh, you know, this is Terry Funk's calling card now. They use it on the Junkyard Dog, and the Junkyard Dog used it on Jimmy Hart. Uh, he did uh, actually Funk used it on several guys, including uh, Ricky Steamboat, uh, Junkyard Dog, Tito Santana. He used it on Hulk Hogan, um, and I th- I forget he used it on somebody else. I forget in, in a high in um in a feud, but um yeah, man. So yeah, this is a uh, this is the, the the second match of the evening. Hulk Hogan did win that match in 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 in, in Mile High in in Colorado, but the Funk Brothers did him in. They branded him. It was um, right on the chest too. They did it. You know, obviously it wasn't. It was kayfabe, but it looked. It looked. You know, as a, as an eleven year old, it looked fucking. It was like, oh my god, I can't believe he just used a branding iron. You know. <laughs> but yeah, Terry Funk was relentless. He was a very very good heel. Always was. Um, forever will be. But this was Terry's. Um, you know, this was his deal. Let's take you now to the heavyweight champion of the world and his rebuttal. And with Mean Gene. Well, any special plans for revenge? Yeah, there sure is, Mean Gene. You know, that Terry Funk busted me up with that Brandon iron. Then he humiliated me and all of Denver, and he branded me with that double cross. And just to make sure that doesn't happen tonight on Saturday night's main event, I got a special surprise for you, you know. If you can dig it, man, oh. the junkyard dog is going to be in my corner to make sure that nothing like that happens. All right, JYD. Junkyard dog. I got a lot in prayer for these boys. Hogan will do his thing, and I'm going to see it out open. I have to see it real well. Bet you're going to be keeping an eye on Jimmy Mouth of the South Park. I'm going to keep an eye on Jimmy real close. I'll be closer to Jimmy than his beat of these. All right, check out Dog and heavyweight champ, Hulk Hogan, gentlemen. Don't let me hold you up. I thank you very much. Dog needs a bonus you on, and Terry Funk is mine, All right, Vince. All right, Hulk Hogan's got his uh, insurance policy with the JYD in his corner. Always had JYD in his corner. Actually, that's what Junkyard Dog was brought in for. Um, but yeah, then but, but there's history here. This tells a really good story. See, this is what wrestling misses sometimes. But yeah, Jimmy Hart is now going to be uh, taken care of. He's out of he's out of the equation. Hogan's in. He's got the aqua tights, looking as good as he always looked. Even though I didn't like it, but that belt is gorgeous, by the way. The second version of the he- of his heavyweight championship. Uh, I love that belt. I liked Andre's too, and Andre they made Andre the bigger version of that, which was so Junkyard Dog takes Jimmy Hart right away, sits him in the corner <laughs> with a with a with a folding chair, and um, Terry Funk doing his usual shtick around the ring, being silly. Um, Earl Hebner's your 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 referee, and uh, we'll take you out to the we'll take it I'll take you to the end of the match actually. This match went eight minutes and thirty seconds. Um, let me just get into this. Uh, to the, to the end here, I'm not gonna play the whole thing and and, and uh, you know and bore you guys. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I fast forwarded too much. All right, let's go. Let's go. That's a sportsmanship right there. Hook 'em horns. I love it. Oh, sorry. Fast forward with way too many. <laughs> Hold on. 
Hold on, here we go. This way too, the foot on the bottom of the Oh, I can't believe the referee saved but Whoa, look at that. The Chokedown Dog has just assaulted Jimmy Hart outside the ring, McMahon. What do you have to say to that? Oh, no doubt he deserved it, that's for sure. Hulk Hogan, now Terry Clark's been there. Oh, look at that. What a clothesline. Hooks the leg, one, two, and a three. What a cheap shot on the part of Champion Hogan. Terry it wasn't really a cheap shot. It was a pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid, um, what do you call it, clothesline. Larry, actually. Hogan did not use a signature leg drop. I guess he missed the spot. So, um, but we do have some post comments from Hulk Hogan. Hold on one second here. All right, thank you very much, Vince McMahon. I cannot believe it. I knew we were going to have action. Hulk Hogan, I did not anticipate this. You know, Terry Funk, why don't you drag off that dead manager of yours, you know? But you know what, boy? I had enough. Come on back, Funk. Come on back. All right. Hulk Hogan, took our dog. Come on in. JYD, you did a nice job of keeping an eye on the Jimmy Mouth of the South Park. They don't call me Jimmy the Dog for nothing. All right, Vince, let's go back to you. Well, Jimmy Hart's on his way out of the wrestling scene. All right. Next match on the card here. Moving right along, the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on George the Animal Steel. George um, managed and under the tutelage of one Captain Louis Albano was going through kind of a thing where he was trying to get fixed. I don't know why I would try to fix the animal, but um, let's take you now to uh, Vince McMahon. I'm glad to see that, that you're feeling good, and we look forward to seeing you back in the ring. Bye. Goodbye, George. Goodbye. <laughs> and so finally, George, the animal of steel, has returned to the rustling scene, and Mean Gene Okerlund is with him. <laughs> oh, Captain Lou Albano, George, the animal of steel looks very relaxed after his layoff. You think he's suffering from ring rust? You need to go to the water? No, Lou, ring rust is what happens. When you haven't wrestled in a long time, is he going to be 100% tonight? 100%, 100% of capacity. He'll be 100% mentally and physically. All right, Lou, best of luck to you and George. Right now, let's find out from Jesse Ventura if the Macho Man has taught the lovely Elizabeth how to swim. Ducky. Please. Hey, are you two planning tonight's strategy? For your opponent, George the Animal Steel. Why should I be worried about him? Well... You've never wrestled him, and George, he's a little bit different. Just, what do they call me? Macho Man. What do they call George? The animal. Just, would a real man be scared of an animal? My main purpose here today is to teach this woman how to swim. Hey, aren't you going to give her a couple lessons? Sure I am. This is lesson number one. Man, he threw Elizabeth right in the water. <laughs> so Macho Man taking on George the Animal Steel for the very first time in WWF. Let's take you out to the end. Oh, George, this is George. Let's start George's love affair of the lovely Miss Elizabeth, too. Um, 
Let's take you down to the end of this match. Uh, as the Macho Man defeats him in four minutes and six seconds. Let's see here. Let's see. Uh, okay, let's go like that. All right. Nope, that's not it right there. There we go. The Ottawa kicking. The left one down. And another one. Uh-oh. Watch over there. The Georgia Ottawa still outside. Henry away. Elbow to the back of the head. Oh, Macho Man with a couple. The Ottawa gives it right back to him in the midsection. Run round and round now. Savage running from Georgia. Oh, he pulled it. Another weird finish. Macho Man didn't use his elbow. The famous flying elbow. He uh, caught George sleeping, monitoring Elizabeth. <laughs> and um, now George is uh, being tamed by Captain Lewis Albano, the guiding light, manager of champions. And then, um, of course, Turnbuckle gets ruined. There's, there's Turnbuckle stuff all over the, all over the ring as uh, Captain Lou tries to console the... Uh, the animal George Steele. Nice. Surprise. Nice. Look at that. Let's see here. Then they go to like a year in review. No one cares about that. We already know the year in review. Then we go to this next match, which is a um basically a flag match. The well a piece uh, they call it a peace match. It's basically a flag match. Um Nikolai Volkov and Cole Kirshner, they were involved in a feud. And it is 1985-86 season, so Russia at this point, not in very good graces with the United States. Uh, this is right before Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev played nice. And uh, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. Uh, before all that happened, um, this was still a... I remember being a kid, this is funny. Being a kid, there was um, a men's dress shop called Domino's in Ridgewood, in Queens where I grew up. And... Um, I remember uh, going there with a, with my mom to buy something for, uh, I guess, one of her husbands or something, like a dress shirt for a party or something. They sold, like, dress clothes, you know, like pants, suits, and shirts and stuff like that, you know, like uh, basically a, a mom-and-pop JCPenney, basically, right? A little upscale. But they had a, a small little rack in the back of the store for, like, novelty T-shirts. And I remember this one shirt. Uh, again, I'm 11 years old. Um, I think I I I'm I was I'm taught now not to like Russia, 
because I'm a kid. You know, I'm reading the papers. I'm hearing teachers at school talk. I'm watching the news. And I'm like, everybody hates Russia. I don't hate Russia, but I just I'm I'm kind of taught to to hate Russia. But I don't I don't hate Russia. I just want to look like I am. Right? There's a shirt that says Russia sucks. <laughs> that was the shirt. I begged mom, can I have it? She wouldn't let me. She wouldn't buy it for me. And I begged her for it all the way home. She was so mad at me. I'm not buying you the shirt. You can't wear that shirt. And I didn't understand at the time. I didn't understand why, because I would have been like the talk. Of the, I wanted to be the talk of school. You know, I wanted. I didn't want to be just the fat kid they picked on, and then beat the kid up who picked on me, and then or be the kid who walked to the gym class and brought my my gym teachers a, a, a wrestling program. I wanted to talk about something else or hockey or whatever case it be, hockey program, but whatever event I went to, I always brought my gym teachers a a, a magazine. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was my that's my Russia story. So Volkov managed by the league. These these guys are all dead now on this on this panel. Gene, Nikolai, and of course, is Nikolai dead? Hold on a bit. I need to I need to like uh, not say stuff, not not look it up though. So let me see something here. I think he passed away. Wasn't even Russian. He was uh, yeah, he did die in 2018. Okay. Um, managed by the classy Fred, the 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 Hollywood flat fashion plate, classy Freddie Blassie. Let's take you now to this promo. Blassie and the big Russian from Moscow. He is Nikolai Volkov tonight. A peace match with Corporal Kirshner. That's right, me Gene. We Russians are peaceful people who will not stop till we bring the peace to the whole world. This match tonight is the first step to end American militarism by superior wrestling. Through the Russian Socialist Republic, are much more superior. All right, thank you very much. Oh, Iron Chief, what are you doing here? German Russia, number one. Iran, number one. That's right, Chief. Tonight, everyone will see America is just a paper tiger. Well, I'll tell you what, Fred Blassie, this is not going to be a tag team bout. This man is not a authorized manager. He's not going to be in the ring. Listen, Oakland, he's here to lend his moral support. He's a good friend of Volkov. Gentlemen, to make a big I'm sorry we're out of time. Right now, we're going to go to Jesse the Body Ventura. Corporal Kirshner has shown his stuff.
Yes. I, I love how none of the popular Russian wrestlers of, the, of, that, of that particular era were not Russian. Like Volkov was a Croat, Yugoslavian guy. Um, uh, Nikita Kolov was um, from Minnesota, and I forget where, where Ivan was from, Uncle Ivan. I think Boris Zukov was Russian. I'm not sure. I have to look that up. But all these guys were not Russian, I thought, and they played their part so well. Of course, Volkov against Kolpa Kirshner. We talked about Kirshner in previous episodes. Um, but Ian Sheik in his corner, former world tag team champions, by the way. They're only like a year removed from winning the championship, which take you now to the end of this match. And then we'll get into our main event. This match went um, four minutes and 32 seconds. Let's see here. All right. Let's see. And let's go right here. Now, your main event, the Junkyard Dog and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on the magnificent one, Don Morocco, my favorite IC champion of all time, and his manager, the notorious Master Fuji. Let's take you now to this flashback that I was at the garden for. Junkyard Dog is a partner. Well, I think the dog's spitting off more than he can chew. He ain't fighting no 110-pound manager now. All right, stay tuned for the tag match. Before I get into the tag match, I thought they were going to play the whole clip. They didn't play the whole clip. I forgot. So I mentioned to you a bunch of times how I was in the garden for um, for the the karate match, which was um, Ricky Steamboat and um, against Mr. Fuji. Morocco interfered. They took the uh, they have, they were wrestling in karate gis. They took the belt off the karate gi of Ricky Steamboat and they hung him. They lynched him over the top rope and they hung him. So now this is the height of this. This is like right after this happened, and they've been fighting all over the country. And now Steamboat it, it finds himself fighting both these guys at house shows. But now, like Hulk Hogan, he gets the services of the Junkyard Dog. Using illegal tactics with Ricky Steamboat. Oh, 
There's no Ricky complaining. No, no, no. All I was going to say is Ricky Steeble has as a partner tonight the junkyard dog, and I think that could possibly present a problem for the two of you. If I was a mailman in my suspenders, then I'd be worried about the junkyard dog. But seeing how. Mr. Fuji, what do you do with dogs in Japan? Mr. Fuji? In my country, we lose dogs, live dogs, boiled dogs. As a disclaimer, they don't eat dogs in Japan anymore. Just as a disclaimer. This was 30 years ago. Let's go. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Vince, there you have it. Two sportsmen showing no signs of changing their style. And tonight should be very interesting, especially considering that Ricky Steamboat has the junkyard dog as his partner. Vince McMahon, let's go back to you. What about all this gobbledygook, Jesse, about boiled dog, fried dog, all that stuff? Well, I'll tell you. Exactly. Let's go to Mean Gene. And the magnificent Morocco. You know something, Mean Gene, from Maine to California, from Canada all the way down here to Florida. You said I've been bushwhacked and all that. I've been hung and I've been blasted with a chair. I've been sold that I've had everything done to me. But there's one thing that those two guys have not done, and that is defeat me in the middle of that ring. And by the way, I should point out, you've got quite, quite a partner at your side tonight. I've got the best man I can have in this particular night. He's got the biggest bite of all. But you know something? I think those two bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Ain't that right, dog? KYD. You know me, Gene. These guys, man, they did everything they could to Ricky. Also, to a lot of people, they send a bad trend in the rest of the world. They bring it away, send some type of trend, and want the kids to follow them. But me and Gene, I don't like it. I know you don't want two kids to follow, and I'm going to try my best to help Ricky to do something about it. Send him up, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Ricky. Steve old Junkyard Dog. Back to you, Vince. All right, grab them cakes. Tag team action, the JYD teaming up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against the Magnificent One, Don Morocco, and Master Fuji, the Master of Evil. Let me see here. Go to the end of this match. This is a good match, actually. This went five minutes and... I think five minutes and 49 seconds, it says here. My, my handwriting's terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Let's go to the end of the match. Anyway, he can. Hey, Steamboat Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. I went too far again. What the hell is wrong with me, Phil? I had this all queued up. Here we go. Mr. Fuji in the corner, always thinking, McMahon, always thinking. 
1986 wins the match with a headbutt. Wins the match with a headbutt. Winners, Junkyard Dog and Ricky Steamboat. Finally getting his revenge. And let's get some closing comments from uh, Vince McMahon and Jesse, the body of Ventura. Well, we have had some fun in the sun in Tampa, Florida. That's been sensational, Jesse. That's right, McMahon. I'll tell you, it was a great night for Saturday Night Main Event. No doubt we saw some very special things here tonight. I think perhaps uh, there's no doubt the most special thing that we saw ever was the successful title defense of champion Hulk Hogan. No, 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 no. The greatest thing we saw tonight, McMahon, was what Jesse the Body did. The first and only commentator to step into the ring. And I challenge, I challenge any other commentator in the world to do what I have done and equal what I did. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more Saturday night's main event. <laughs> well, no one challenged Jesse. Jesse faded away shortly after this, after about one about a year or two after this. And pretty much, uh, you know, that's how it was. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I enjoyed this so much. This was very much fun watching this. I, um, uh, you know, for me, uh, I just, this stuff is so near and dear to me that, uh, you know, I just remember being at my grandma's house every weekend and uh, her going to bed and me sneaking out <laughs> into the living room and watching this because it was like, my, it, you looked forward to it when you knew it was coming on. Oh, I just remember, like, even, like, just, I would check the TV guide just to make sure I wasn't bugging out. You know, like, this was, like, a th this was a big deal for me. Saturday Night's Main Event was a really big deal for your boy, and I and I just, I remember this vividly, just because the whole, the sun thing, the the tamp with the, the, all the all the promos in the water park, that was pretty cool. Um, and these, and these feuds were, again, near and dear to me, because I was vicariously living through it, because I was going to the, the, the garden every month at that point almost and watching these 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 matches unfold and then to have them on TV especially with Fuji with Fuji in Morocco Steamboat never got a partner he was like I, he would get jumped he would have these singles matches and then get jumped every single time and now we got Junkyard Dog to help him and it's what normally they would do the, the top heel guy would recruit Junkyard Dog to help him uh, and the dog wins with a, with a headbutt to Master Fuji who another guy I caught tail end of his career, Mr. Fuji in the ring. Mr. Fuji could still go. Uh, the late great Mr. Fuji. There's so many dead people on this uh, <laughs> on this thing, you know. It, I I just it's sad, you know. Volkov and Corporal I think is Corporal Kirshner dead? He might be. Um, you know, Mean Gene and two of the referees are dead. <laughs> just you know. A lot of dead folks in here. Georgie Animal Steel dead. Captain Lou Albano dead. Piper dead. Um, I think Uncle Elmer passed away. And I think that's it. Everybody else is still alive. No, Randy Savage is dead. I'm sorry. Elizabeth's dead too. So, yeah, not very much people alive from 30 years ago, sadly. All right. I'm done. Let's get out of here. Nope, that's not the one. What am I doing today? I'm like, I'm glad I'm doing this like 
you know, there we go. There we go. Anyway, you guys all know the social media handles. Anchor FM is where uh, you get the, the, the back episodes from last year and, and now. Uh, I hope to get the .com up soon. I got to get some help with that. And uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, go buy a shirt. And again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Happy New Year, everybody. All right? Hope you have a great rest of your New Year. Safe, healthy. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves, each other. Avoid the clap. Don't get arrested. Don't be a jerk off. Be kind to animals and watch a lot of wrestling. I repeat, watch a lot of wrestling. This has been your boy, Philly Ray from the Throwbacks, bidding you adieu. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie.